Good morning and welcome. Welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Glad you are with us. A lot of things going on in our crazy world, which we will talk about during the course of the broadcast today. As you know, a fierce critic of Vladimir Putin died in prison last week. Mysterious circumstances, to say the least. Now, the Biden administration is talking about what it is going to do as a result of this likely murder. We will talk about this coming up. On the president himself, he is the subject of attention, as you know, for quite some time. We've been talking about the president's mental abilities and not just mental, but also physical. A little bit of a stumble yesterday, getting onto Air Force One. I just have a feeling, I'm going to make the prediction, we're going to see a number of these incidents, physical, mental, I don't think they're going to stop between now and November. It's not a good look. And how bad is it? Well, we now have a couple of Democrats going on record. They're actually saying that Joe Biden's age is a problem. Not Republicans, Democrats will tell you who they are and what they are suggesting. So what is the solution for all of this? I have been speculating about this for quite some time. I've been saying to you repeatedly, I do not think Biden and Trump will be on the ballot. In the very least, I don't think that will be the contest. One or both of these men will be off by the time we get there. And we have a prediction. A prediction by Joe Rogan. He actually suggests who they are setting up to run for president on the Democrat side. This is not new. But it certainly makes a lot of sense in light of what we are watching now with the disintegration of our president. That's really what's happening. Also, speaking of the Biden family, the Biden crime family, the president's brother testifying behind closed doors, an impeachment probe, of course, is underway. You know, it's amazing to me. I was just commenting how much these brothers look alike. It's amazing. I'm looking at a picture now of James Biden. And yeah, it's it's extraordinary how much these guys look alike. Any case, a little bit later on, we will talk about what is going on with his testimony and why Republicans perhaps would want to hear from this sibling of Uncle Joe. I want to begin with an interesting story that I... How do I even characterize this? I see so many stories on the race subject that disturb me. As you know, I do not believe in CRT, but at the same time, I'm concerned that 
blacks are being portrayed as being delicate. Story in the Charlotte Observer about an incident that occurred. CMS says teachers will be retrained after removal of colored white door display. They are planning now to retrain teachers after a photo of a Black History Month display at West Charlotte High School caused a stir on social media last week. Now, when I saw this, I thought to myself, okay, this is history, a piece of history. And I don't think it's a bad idea to remind people of what happened in the past. We don't need to beat this drum every single solitary day. But I'm not going to be triggered by seeing this. And frankly, I would not want my children to be triggered either. This picture shows two doors decorated for Black History Month, with one reading colored entrance, the other white entrance. A sign that says Sears Department Store 1930 hangs above. The display harkens back to the days of Jim Crow, an era where state and local laws legalized racial segregation during the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Critics of this display said it had the potential to upset and marginalize black students. Please. My immediate reaction to this, I, I, I don't get it. I just don't. In response to online complaints, the displays were removed hours after being put up on February 14th, according to a statement issued by CMS. WCCB first reported on this display. The school district's required to provide social studies and history lessons to all our students in an age-appropriate manner. Teachers at West Charlotte High School decorated doors that displayed inappropriate content. Can somebody explain what's inappropriate here? The activity is not aligned to state standards or with CMS curriculum and approved lesson plans. The district also said its teachers will be retrained in the specific social studies curriculum practices that can be used in lesson plans and teaching moving forward. I, I don't know about you. Whenever I see that word retrained, that gives me the creeps. It really does. I just don't like it. I don't. It's not a matter of retraining. If you think this is inappropriate, it ought to be taken down. Take it down and move on. West Charlotte High School posted a video showing black history displays at school, including other door decorations. Other door displays showed Motown legends, women of excellence, one with photos and the words Rosa sat so Martin could walk so Obama and Harris could run. Commenters online offered mixed feelings about the displays, while some called them offensive. Others said they were poignant reminders of the realities of segregation. This brought the past front and center in a way many of us today have never experienced firsthand, according to one Facebook commenter. This was the reality not too long ago. That's the lesson right here. Another commenter who echoed that sentiment. I think these kinds of things make this history more real, so conversations can be had and perspectives gained. I think it's great. However, others called the door displays distasteful, worried about the negative emotional impact they could have on black students. I'd love to get your thoughts. And, and honestly, 
<laughs> I don't mean to be rude here. I don't so much. I'm, I'm not so much concerned about what people who are not of color think about this. If you are a person of color, does this bother you? Did this offend you? Do you share my belief that we're treating our own young people as if they are all little delicate flowers? Am I off here? Good morning and welcome. Welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Glad you are with us. A lot of things going on in our crazy world, which we will talk about during the course of the broadcast today. As you know, a fierce critic of Vladimir Putin died in prison last week. Mysterious circumstances, to say the least. Now, the Biden administration is talking about what it is going to do as a result of this likely murder. We will talk about this coming up. On the president himself, he is the subject of attention, as you know, for quite some time. We've been talking about the president's mental abilities. And not just mental, but also physical. A little bit of a stumble yesterday. Getting on to Air Force One. I just have a feeling. I'm going to make the prediction. We're going to see a number of these incidents physical mental i don't think they're going to stop between now and november it's not a good look and how bad is it well we now have a couple of democrats going on record they're actually saying that joe biden's age is a problem not republicans democrats will tell you who they are and what they are suggesting. So what is the solution for all of this? I have been speculating about this for quite some time. I've been saying to you repeatedly, I do not think Biden and Trump will be on the ballot. In the very least, I don't think that will be the contest. One or both of these men will be off by the time we get there. And we have a prediction a prediction by Joe Rogan. He actually suggests who they are setting up to run for president on the Democrat side. This is not new, but it certainly makes a lot of sense in light of what we are watching now with the disintegration of our president. That's really what's happening. Also, Speaking of the Biden family, the Biden crime family, the president's brother testifying behind closed doors, an impeachment probe, of course, is underway. You know, it's amazing to me. I was just commenting how much these brothers look alike. It's amazing. I'm looking at a picture now of James Biden. And yeah, it's. It's extraordinary how much these guys look alike. In any case, a little bit later on, we will talk about what is going on with his testimony and why Republicans perhaps would want to hear from this sibling of Uncle Joe. 
I want to begin with an interesting story that I, how do I even characterize this? I see so many stories on the race subject that disturb me. As you know, I do not believe in CRT, but at the same time, I'm concerned that blacks are being portrayed as being delicate. Story in the Charlotte Observer about an incident that occurred. CMS says teachers will be retrained after removal of colored white door display. They are planning now to retrain teachers after a photo of a Black History Month display at West Charlotte High School caused a stir on social media last week. Now, when I saw this, I thought to myself, okay, this is history, a piece of history. And I don't think it's a bad idea to remind people of what happened in the past. We don't need to beat this drum every single solitary day. But I'm not going to be triggered by seeing this. And frankly, I would not want my children to be triggered either. This picture shows two doors decorated for Black History Month, with one reading colored entrance, the other white entrance. A sign that says Sears Department Store 1930 hangs above. The display harkens back to the days of Jim Crow, an era where state and local laws legalized racial segregation during the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Critics of this display said it had the potential to upset and marginalize black students. Please. My immediate reaction to this, I, I, I don't get it. I just don't. In response to online complaints, the displays were removed hours after being put up on February 14th, according to a statement issued by CMS. WCCB first reported on this display. The school district's required to provide social studies and history lessons to all our students in an age-appropriate manner. Teachers at West Charlotte High School decorated doors that displayed inappropriate content. Can somebody explain what's inappropriate here? The activity is not aligned to state standards or with CMS curriculum and approved lesson plans. The district also said its teachers will be retrained in the specific social studies curriculum practices that can be used in lesson plans and teaching moving forward. I, I don't know about you. Whenever I see that word retrained, that gives me the creeps. It really does. I just don't like it. I don't. It's not a matter of retraining. If you think this is inappropriate, it ought to be taken down. Take it down and move on. West Charlotte High School posted a video showing black history displays at school, including other door decorations. Other door displays showed Motown legends, women of excellence, one with photos and the words, Rosa sat so Martin could walk so Obama and Harris could run. Commenters online offered mixed feelings about the displays, while some called them offensive. Others said they were poignant reminders of the realities of segregation. This brought the past front and center. 
in a way many of us today have never experienced firsthand, according to one Facebook commenter. This was the reality not too long ago. That's the lesson right here. Another commenter who echoed that sentiment. I think these kinds of things make this history more real, so conversations can be had and perspectives gained. I think it's great. However, others called the door displays distasteful, worried about the negative emotional impact they could have on black students. I'd love to get your thoughts. And and honestly, I don't mean to be rude here. I don't so much, I'm, I'm not so much concerned about what people who are not of color think about this. If you are a person of color, does this bother you? Did this offend you? Do you share my belief that we're treating our own young people as if they are all little delicate flowers? Am I off here? You're welcome to join the conversation right here, the Vince Coakley Radio program. Our phone number is 704-570-1110. A lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts related to this 2024 presidential election. I mentioned that we're watching a couple of aspects of the life of one Joe Biden. We're watching what's happening to him physically. And we're watching what's happening cognitively. And both are causes for concern. Very much so. In the midst of this, we have a president trying to do his job. And try to appear strong before, especially our enemies or rivals, whatever you want to call them. The Biden administration is going to impose major sanctions. This is what they're saying now. Major sanctions on Russia. In response to the death of Alexei Navalny a fierce critic of Russian President Vladimir Putin, who died in prison last week under mysterious circumstances. John Kirby, the White House National Security Communications Advisor, said the new sanctions are designed to hold Russia accountable for what happened to Mr. Novani, as well as all its actions over the course of this vicious and brutal war. Isn't it amazing? It, it, does it seem like it's been two years? It's been two years. This war has been going on. President Joe Biden plans to unveil the sanctions package on Friday. Now, Kirby declined to elaborate on what the new sanctions might look like or explain how they might differ from previous U.S. sanctions targeting Russia. So it's a matter of time before we find out. Biden, before leaving Washington for a three-day campaign fundraising swing in California, told reporters he won't discuss the details of the sanctions until Friday. So we'll have to wait to find out what the plan will be for this administration. We started off the broadcast talking about these displays, just taking a look back at history, the white only facilities, the uh, segregation policies of the past. And I think people certainly need to be reminded this was a part of our history. 
unlike some who want to bury their heads in the sand and to also characterize the left, they very often like to say conservatives want to bury their heads in the sand by not talking about it. It's not a matter of talking about it. It's a matter of how we talk about it. That's important. I, for one, am not interested in promoting a mindset of victimology and trying to connect much of anything that's going on today to the past. Because, and I've said this before, what I've experienced is absolutely nothing compared to what my parents went through. And so it's really uh, horrendous for people to try to make that connection because there isn't one. Let's go out to a call from David on this CMS controversy. Good morning, David, and welcome. Hey, Vince. Thanks for taking my call. Now, uh, I'm 64, and I'm grandson of Polish immigrants. I have a little bit of an idea of what it's like to be considered different, certainly not to this degree. But I grew up up north, hearing dumb Polak this, dumb Polak that. I got a lot of fights over it and whatnot. But in order to know how good you got it, you have to know how bad it was. And yes. you know, the left today is constantly pushing this narrative of police brutality and how bad things are. But if you really want to see police brutality, pull up the Selma t- uh, video when they cross the bridge and watch the police beat old ladies with clubs and sick dogs on them. And it was just horrific. And what a lot of people don't realize is back then, the newscasters were forbidden to talk about these things. Unless you were from that area, you had no idea this sort of thing was going on two, three states away. And it wasn't until some brave newscasters put it out on the national news that this had happened. That's what led to the civil rights um, um, legislation getting pushed through. Because the cat was literally out of the back. Now people knew what was going on. And there was one in particular, and I can't think of its name, to save my life. It wasn't Cronkite. It was another one that, against his uh, station policy, put it out at what had happened in Selma and put the video out for everybody to see. And people were horrified because they had no idea this sort of thing was going on. And this is the government that was hiding it from the people. But... Um, you know, this was real brutality back then. Yes. And like you said, you know, what you've gone through compared to what your parents went through is like night and day. But it's hard to push the narrative of how bad things are now when you don't tell people the way it used to be. Yep, you're absolutely right. I so appreciate what you shared and uh, that notorious word, you know, David, um, and I have to acknowledge. I mean, I certainly remember going to school and all the Polish jokes that I heard even in the 70s in Indianapolis. And, um, you know, it's, we got to be honest about who we are, what we're doing, and what we've done. And I think we can have these conversations without causing people to have to run to safe spaces. My perspective, anyway. We've had a couple of conversations about race in follow-up to some things happening within the CMS system. Seth writes in, Vince, I don't think Tony understands about the sins being repaid. 
that's not some sort of monetary price tag. If you don't repent your sins, slavery, or what have you, God will sort that out. He is the ultimate judge on human souls. Very, very wise post. Let's go out to a call from David. Good morning, David. Good morning. Yes, sir. What are your thoughts? Well, I just wanted to say that from what I understand about my Christian faith, all of our sins, past, present, and future, have been paid for on the cross. Preach it. So that, Pardon? <laughs> I just said preach it. Go ahead. <laughs> it's really not a difficult message at all. We are, we're saved by grace, not by works, lest any man boast. I'm there just with you. To, you know, and, and you this... To, go right ahead. Pardon. You have to repent in order to receive the grace of God, which is a gift, a free gift to you of salvation. You know, one of the important things I, that I think you have emphasized here is the importance of the sin that is paid for on the cross by Jesus. And this gets into the idea of redemption, David. This is one of the things I'm really concerned about we're losing our understanding of this in our society, redemption. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know about you, David. I'm hearing and seeing more and more people posting things on social media and talking about karma. They believe in karma. And I, I think it's one of, that's one of the saddest things that I see people communicate because ultimately... Uh, the idea behind this is, you know, for instance, if somebody does me wrong, you know, they're going to get theirs. And it, it's it's not a very healthy perspective. There's no idea of redemption there whatsoever, is there, David? No, as a matter of fact, um, it's totally hopeless. Yes. Because, and, the, and the reason you're seeing so much more of that is probably because... We have a in in the world of karma. We think we have a control of our fate. Ooh, and, that's uh, good. When we want to control things on our own, we don't rely on trust in or believe in Jesus Christ. Yep, and ultimately trust that He's going to take care of things. Which is one of the reasons He says, "Vengeance is mine; I will repay." So I can leave that entirely to Him, and I don't need to bog myself down in these matters and allow my soul to be corrupted by bitterness and anger and revenge and this stuff is rife in our world right now david i absolutely appreciate your call very insightful hey this is kind of a um an impromptu wellness wednesday segment <laughs> just about the import and 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 i'm not i hope you understand i'm not even so much knocking tony down here my heart is really stirred when i hear things communicated like that from tony because i'm concerned that so many people do not have a sense of hope they have this sense of determinism that you know this has happened before therefore you know, and he used the word irreversible. I mean, you, uh, that's a word I don't, I don't like to use as it relates to matters of the heart and the spirit, because I, I certainly believe God can 
do a work of transformation and he can certainly help us to overcome so many things let's go out to a call from jackie good morning jackie welcome Hey, Vince, yeah, I've been wanting to make this statement to you for a while, man, because I listen to you on Fridays, your Moral Fridays. But aren't, aren't there two types of morality? There's religious morality or biblical morality or whatever religion you are, but then there's societal uh, morality. And the two can be very, very different. What, a, what society allows can be totally different from what your religion dictates that you, you have to be from a morality standpoint. Don't you think so? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, these ideas are going to take people to very different places, and there can be an intersection of of some of these ideas and beliefs. Uh, no question about that. Yeah, and it, it changes over time. An example might be let's 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 look at Thomas Jefferson, you know, who everybody considers to be one of our greatest uh, people ever lived. He was everybody would say off the cuff that he was a moral man, uh, even though he wasn't a Christian, he was a deist, but he started having an affair, or not affair, but he started having a relationship with Sally Henning when he was in his 40s, married with children, and she was 15 years old. He had his first child with Sally Henning when she was 16. Hmm. Wow. And that was, and, and that was, this, that was acceptable as right. far as society was concerned, but that was not biblical morality, in my opinion. What do you think? I, you're, I'm completely with you on this. Is uh, This is one of the reasons why, ultimately, the last place we need to get our cues is from society. Because so many times, but, but, we, but we do because we live in society. We've reached a point, Vince. We, we're at a point in our history where religion does not change society anymore. Society changes religion. Yep, it, it always has. The reality of this is, it really always has. And uh, I, if you're ever inter interested in reading, I'd encourage you, Jackie, to read this book called Pagan Christianity. It had a tremendous impact on my life when I read it years ago. Uh, but basically, the book is all about all the pagan practices and ideas that have been um, basically transported into alleged Christianity. Um, it's it's unfortunately not very, um, not very new at all. Jackie, uh, very much I appreciate your call. It's a... Um, this is where the challenge is for us, all of us. Uh, one of my favorite lines I heard years ago, and I still hold to it to this day, is the importance of being a thermostat rather than a thermometer. You know, a thermometer, I mean, you can walk into a room, okay, it's cold, it's warm. A thermostat, you walk in, you're regulating something. And I, and I think this is where... and, and I've had this conversation, especially the past few weeks, with several good friends of mine about what's going on with our political system and how uh, too much of Christianity has been corrupted by our political system. And as a result, rather than us being positive influence on the system, we are just as corrupt as the political system that we are allegedly trying to fix. So at that point, you, can, you can't help. I can't remember who was it G was it GK Chesterton who said that a society is impacted the most by the people who are different from it 
In other words, if I come in and I'm just like the people in society and behave the same way, uh, you're not going to bring about change. It's, it's just not going to happen. You've got to be different yourself. And it's important to understand that. Still to come to the broadcast, we will jump into Joe Biden. How is he physically? How is he mentally? And there's one person suggesting there's a backup plan for the Democrat Party. We'll talk about what that is, more specifically, who that is, as we continue our Wednesday broadcast. Stay with us. Number two of the Vince Coakley radio program. I really like this email from Chris. Chris responding to some of our conversation in the last hour where our caller made reference to Thomas Jefferson. Here's what Chris said. While it's entirely possible Thomas Jefferson had an affair with Sally as well as father children, it's also important to understand the data. All these salacious books and stories about are based upon in their zeal to cast an unfortunate light on him they often leave out the fact the dna methods used to make this claim allow for a number of his relatives to have been the actual father of sally's children it is clear some member of the jefferson clan was sexually involved with her but it's never been scientifically proven it was certainly thomas but folks that already hate the founders love to focus on this story for obvious reasons there's no justification for the horrors of slavery but now it's mostly used as a talking point to advance our descent into communism. Chris, this email is spot on. And that's exactly what it's being used for. I, I had this conversation with someone the other day, and, and it breaks my heart that I watch so many of my black brothers and sisters get sucked into the empty promise of socialism and communism on the grounds that they are fighting the oppression somehow of the white man and, and and it's funny the irony of this who was Karl Marx was this a black guy last I looked this guy was Lily white but it's unfortunate that these folks play on the ignorance of so many black folks who do not realize they're being sold a bill of goods and the same, you know, what's sad is to watch this, not just in America, but in Latin American countries, in black countries, African countries, Caribbean countries, the same lies being sold. You know, we're going to come in, we're going to make everything equal, we're going to do this, you know, it's, it's not new, folks. And the sad thing is, too many people take the bait. During the break, I was reflecting on this, and I did not have a Wellness Wednesday planned, but I wanted to just, for some reason, felt led or motivated to share something personal with you. And it really ties in with my comments earlier about redemption and about hope, because I think I've mentioned a number of times on this broadcast, probably one of the low years of my life was 
2019. I don't need to go into all the details of what happened in 2019. Uh, one of the most significant, the loss of my father. And it was just a very, it, it's a dark season in my life. Very dark. Harkening uh, back to something else my good friend Dr. Steve Crosby shares is his message about the Christian life being a series of death, burials, and resurrections. And that's been very helpful to me. And, and as I was talking with a couple of people I consider spiritual fathers on this subject, and uh, one pastor and his wife, his wife was just so uh, sweet and her her words were just so on the money. Uh, just praying along those lines to see the other side, the hope, the resurrection part. Because sometimes those series, those those periods of time where they seem to be dominated by death, uh, sometimes they go a while, really go for a while. So that's really the hope that ultimately that as painful as the death is, there is also resurrection. I just want to encourage you, if, if you are a Christian believer and perhaps you're at a place where you've gone through a long period of trial, that's really the hope is that, and I'm not talking about the resurrection in the future, I'm talking about in your current life, that that resurrection would happen and happen soon, bringing you to a place of new hope, new vision, refined, and ready to move on to that next stage of life. It's very important. All right. So let's talk about our very feeble President Joe Biden, the U.S. Sun reports it this way. Joe Biden narrowly avoids fall after losing balance on Air Force One steps as the White House battles criticism about his age. Biden's team has drafted a plan to stop him from tripping on the election campaign. He narrowly avoided a fall. Reporting Air Force One yesterday appeared to trip before leaving for California. The president, who is sporting shades, saluted U.S. Air Force service members before walking up the staircase. After about five steps, his knees suddenly gave way before quickly steadying himself. Biden then climbs the rest of the steps without stumbling but clutched the rail. Almost tripped a couple of times on this pathway into the plane. One social media post said Biden almost trips twice as he boards Air Force One despite using the short stairs to avoid tripping. The shorter staircase comes from the belly of the jet and is permanently attached to the plane. The taller alternative is a rolling staircase, which is temporarily attached to the door of Air Force One, making it a less stable option. Biden often walks down the rolling staircase when he travels abroad 
and meets foreign leaders. This is months after it was reported Biden's team drafted a plan to stop him tripping while on the campaign trail. That story from Axios. We understand he's also been working with a physical therapist in a bid to improve his balance. Top Democrats fear Biden could suffer an injury following a fall in the run-up to the election. Wouldn't that be ugly? You remember when he tripped on a sandbag during the U.S. Air Force Academy graduation ceremony in June of last year. And all of this with a backdrop of so many people, more people, expressing concern that this guy is too old to run for re-election. And then you had U.S. Attorney Robert Hur's dossier and his reasons, one of the major reasons for not pursuing charges, his mental state, his poor memory. Remember the sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. And we're back to the Vince Coakley radio program. So it's not just talk radio beating this subject to death about Joe Biden and what's going on with him physically and mentally. Political reports, two Democratic candidates went there on Biden's age. Representative Katie Porter telling Politico it's a conversation we should be thinking about. Two prominent Democrats openly acknowledging concerns about President Joe Biden's age at a crucial time for their own political future. Newly elected Representative Tom Suozzi, remember him? He won that tight race and special election in New York. He put it rather bluntly. The bottom line is, he's old. <laughs> Katie Porter, head of the March 5th primary for the California Senate seat embraced age limits for all elected officials. I like the sound of that. This chink in the party armor on what was once a taboo subject could expand in the months leading up to November as Democrats try to distance themselves from an unpopular president or cast themselves as change agents in crowded races. Katie Porter saying we're having the conversation and the debate about the Supreme Court, it's hypocritical for us to not be thinking about having it, given that we have some of the same long-term representation that we have. Yeah. Suwazi and Porter first made the comments the same week the special counsel released a report saying Biden had diminished faculties. Suwazi, calling the president old on a conservative network the day before the special election, Porter broke from her Democratic challengers, Barbara Lee, Adam Schiff, by calling for age limits as part of her pledge to disrupt the status quo in Washington. Democratic officials still largely insist Biden's sharp enough to remain in office. Lee saying it's in a democracy. Limits should not be placed on voters. But Lee and other Democrats are at odds with the electorate. A recent poll found... An overwhelming majority of Americans believe Biden's too old for another term. That view, combined with the shift led by Suozzi and Porter, has some political consultants thinking 
more Democratic candidates may soon follow their path. One California-based consultant who's working on battleground races was granted anonymity to speak candidly about the still touchy subject. It would be part of a drumbeat narrative to create separation between you and Biden. I didn't see the report has become Democrats version of Republicans. I didn't see the tweet when former President Donald Trump was in office, unleashing embarrassing tirades on Twitter. Vulnerable House Democrats, New York's Pat Ryan, California's Josh Harder, said they hadn't read the report when asked by a political reporter. These people really think you're that stupid. They know full well. The very um, damning words that are in that report. That's all they need to know to comment. They don't want to touch it. (laughs) Neither had Governor Gavin Newsom, a top surrogate for Biden's election campaign. You know, and, and I think you know this. Gavin Newsom is going to play this very, very, very carefully. He's going to position himself as super loyal to Joe Biden up until the day that he drops out or is pushed out. Oh, I really don't want to run. Okay, if you really need me, I mean, I can just hear it now. (laughs) This guy can't wait for his coronation. I'm serious. Newsom saying at a recent unrelated news conference in Oakland, I haven't read the special counsel's report. I know the president's reaction to it. It's been quite pointed and vocal. (laughs) This is hilarious. As I said, these people really do think we're stupid. They know what time it is. Still to come in the broadcast, another not-so-pleasant piece of information, that impeachment probe going on in Capitol Hill And guess who is making an appearance today? James Biden from the Biden crime family. We'll tell you about that. Plus, there's someone who's suggesting there is someone waiting in the wings to run for president instead of Joe Biden this time around. That much more as we continue our Wednesday broadcast. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, I got a pretty funny message here from Chris, our regular listener here. They need to get Joe Biden an escalator to get him on and off the plane. And once he's off the plane, they need to get him a scooter. Can you picture picture the Secret Service following him around on scooters? That would be absolutely hysterical. (laughs) All righty, folks. So today, James Biden testifying behind closed doors in the impeachment probe. This is a Republican-led House committee. Hunter Biden said to appear for a transcribed interview 
next week. The House Oversight and Judiciary Committees holding closed-door transcribed interviews with Joe Biden's brother, James. This is part of Republicans' impeachment inquiry into the president. Republicans have focused on James Biden's business dealings, including loans that Joe Biden made to his brother during a period when he was not in office. And whether the president had any involvement in his brother's business transactions or used his influence to their benefit. The committees have not provided evidence for their claims. This is not about evidence. This is about discovery. I don't think anybody's made any claims. They're raising questions here, which is entirely appropriate. James Biden's interview comes a week before the president's son, Hunter, set to appear for his own transcribed interview February 28th. Hunter Biden's interview comes after a months-long dispute between Republicans and the president's son over the logistics of his testimony to Congress. No immediate response from James Biden's attorney when asked for comment. So we'll see. And, you know, the key word in all of this is inquiry. Inquiry. Ask questions. If there's nothing there, we move on. I mean, that's pretty basic to me. This is not complicated stuff. So this leads us to a very interesting assessment from one Joe Rogan. He is speculating the Democratic Party is preparing to swap out President Biden. Any guesses as to who they would put on the ticket instead of him? Is it Kamala? (laughs) No, it's California Governor Gavin Newsom. Yep. So basically... The co-host for Rogan's podcast. So basically, you can't prosecute this guy because he's non-compus mentis. But you can let him run for the president of the United States in November. So that's the way the world that we're, we've managed to get into works. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Rogan then asked the question, you think... This is a ruse, him running for president. I think they're going to get rid of him. They're going to move him out. They're going to force him to step down. That's what I think. Rogan continued. If I had to guess, and it's just speculation, I'd say they're setting up Gavin Newsom for it. He went on to say that more and more of Biden's controversies are gaining traction, ranging from the debate over Biden's mental acuity to alleged involvement with Burisma, in addition to having the well-paid honorary title of Benjamin Franklin Presidential Practice Professor at the University of Pennsylvania. This is crazy. Did you know about this? In an honorary position, Biden made about $900,000, despite only giving roughly a dozen lectures and talks, never having taught a full semester's course. Biden also did not conduct any research or have any administrative responsibilities for the institution. Rogan also noted how the same university, which is also the home of Biden's think tank, recently received money originating 
from Chinese Communist Party linked sources. This is crazy. Rogan mocking the UPenn position as a million dollar a year gig where he didn't even have to show up. Joking, it was old school. This is like mafia stuff, describing it like a mob job where somebody's given a no work job as part of a major negotiation, particularly when organized crime groups would operate with sanitation or construction companies for funneling money. Rogan going on to argue the whole situation would be more humorous if Biden wasn't actually the president. He's making stuff up, calls people the wrong name, talks about someone who's dead. Rogan and his guest mocked Biden's extremely specific cue card notes, micromanaging what he says and does in public appearances. Rogan saying it's amazing. He just can't keep a thought in his head when he starts talking about things. He forgets what he's talking about all the time and goes, well, whatever, and just drifts off. Williamson recalled Biden's emergency news conference after the unveiling of the Her report. You remember that? We rushed out like 15, 20 minutes after that came out. He's arguing this was not a particularly good idea. <laughs> Rogan asked, how did it go? <laughs> Williamson saying, I would say suboptimally. <laughs> That's a very nice way to put it. Suboptimally. Oh, my goodness. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? What do you think about this idea? And, and to be honest with you, those of you who listen with regularity know this is what I've been saying for quite some time. I do think it's just a matter of time before they push him out of the way. I think that's what's going to happen here. The really interesting thing, this is going to be so fun is how they're going to have to figure out how to deal with Kamala. Or it may be that they have to run Kamala. They have to run her. At the risk of ticking off millions of black voters. That's the other risk here. Because if they blow up that particular issue and come across as being racist... You know, see, that's the other funny thing here. Do you remember that was one of the things that Kamala Harris alleged about Joe Biden? That issue would be right back. And, oh, here's here. I can have boy, we could have fun with conspiracy theories here. What if she decided, you know what? They want to throw me under the bus. Why don't I run with? Maybe run for president and choose RFK as my vice president. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, that would be a riot. Or be, you know, or say, hey, I'm willing to be RFK's vice president. I'll show him around. Oh, that would be so much fun. You know, I, and maybe I should plead guilty for jumping into the mix with the discussions about the individuals as opposed to the issues. But here we are. 
What's one of the biggest concerns you face from day to day? I was just reflecting on this the other day after going to the grocery store. Just seeing the cost of food, it's crazy. Wall Street Journal says it's been 30 years since food ate up this much of your income. 30 years. It's a long time. Ongoing high costs. Lead food and manufacturers and restaurants to keep prices elevated. The last time Americans spent this much of their money on food, George H.W. Bush was in office. Terminator 2 Judgment Day was in theaters. And CNC Music Factory was rocking the Billboard charts. Some of you are listening. CNC what? <laughs> Eating the bottom line, it's costing more. Even as overall inflation has eased from the blistering pace consumers endured throughout much of 2022 and 23, prices at restaurants and other eateries up 5.1% last month compared with January 2023. Grocery costs increased 1.2% during the same period. And don't expect relief anytime soon. Restaurant and food company executives say they're still grappling with rising labor costs and some ingredients like cocoa. They're getting more expensive. And they believe consumers will find ways to cope. One snack giant chief executive says you look historically after periods of inflation there's really no period you could point to where food prices go back down yeah 1991 u.s consumers spent 11.4 percent of their disposable personal income on food at the time households were still dealing with steep food price increases following an inflationary period during the 70s thanks to who was president back in the 70s just saying. More than three decades later, food spending has attained that level. 11.3% of their disposable income on food. Food inflation has raised the ire of President Biden, who took to Instagram during the Super Bowl to blast food makers. He said we're providing less bang for consumers buck. Putting fewer chips in each bag or shrinking the size of ice cream containers. Uh, this is your fault. You want to you wanna figure out who's responsible for this, Mr. Magoo? Walk into the nearest mirror, take a look. That's you. You created conditions for this inflation. So don't try to blame these food makers, these manufacturers. I'm not buying a bit of this. It's your fault. It's a government overspending. Biden says the American public is tired of being played for suckers. I've had enough of what they call shrinkflation. It's a ripoff. Well, you're the ripoff, Mr. Magoo. David Chavern, CEO of the Consumer Brands Association, which represents major food manufacturers, said the industry offers many choices at different price points. We hope to work with the president on real solutions that benefit consumers. Don't work with the president. Work with us, the consumer. And what these nitwits in Washington need to do is to stop the overspending. This is what's 
rippling through the economy. That's the problem. But they're not going to acknowledge because he needs to go out and talk about his Inflation Reduction Act. My gosh, give me a break. Inflation Reduction. God help us. Time for us to take a look at the day in history. Tommy, how are you today? Hey, Tommy, you stepped away for a moment. This is John. And so we got Johnny instead of Tommy. Hey. How are you doing today, Johnny? I am fabulous, Vince. How are you? I am doing pretty good. Can you first tell us who published the Communist Manifesto on this day in history? Was that Groucho Marx? Ha <laughs> ha! Carl. Was it? You're absolutely right. It's Karl Marx. 1858, Edwin Holmes of Boston sold the very first electric burglar alarm. Way back in 1858. Pretty amazing. 1885, the Washington Monument is dedicated. 1931, Miles Labs introduced the product we became familiar with because of their commercials. Plop Plop. Fizz Fizz. Oh, Alka-Seltzer. You Is that right? better believe it. 1931 was the year when that product came out. It's pretty good for gas, you know, Vince? Um, I'm not going to touch that one. Okay. <laughs> Just saying, oh if you ever God. have an issue. <sighs> this leader to our south put all of his country's industry under government control in 1960. This guy stayed in office forever. Um, until he died, I think. Who was this? Was that Fidel what? Castro? Fidel, you better believe it. Castro, 1960 was the year. 1965, his official name, Malcolm Little, assassinated in Washington Heights. He was better known by the name... Malcolm X. Malcolm X. 1965 was the year. 1972, he's famous for... Providing a real breakthrough in this relationship with China. He arrived in China for talks. Which president was this in 1972? Was that Richard Nixon? Tricky Dick. Ah. Richard Nixon. I am not a crook. Yeah, exactly. And last but not least, I'll bet you know this song. This singer scored crossover pop success with... Nine to five. Is that Dolly Parton? Dolly Parton, yes. Is absolutely correct. Very, very. Have you ever seen that movie, Vince? You know, I don't think I have. Did you enjoy that movie? I've only seen parts of it, so we need to go back and review that. Yeah, that, that to me goes into the chick flick category. Yeah. Where I'm likely to, if subjected to it, I would be most likely to fall asleep. I'll watch Notting Hill instead. It'll be all right. Notting Hill. Yeah. It's a, oh, another chick flick. Sorry. Oh, that's another chick. Forget I said that. Yeah, I think I will very easily. <laughs> chick flicks. Yeah, that's what I do during those things. Um, you will hear a very loud snoring sound. Probably 10 minutes in, if I get that far. Just being real, folks. That's all the time we have for the broadcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Adios.